Welcome back to the Community Christian Church podcast. This week, we're joined by co-founding pastor John Ferguson for week two in our series, Making Room in Advent. Community is one church in four expressions, meeting online, in person, and in small groups around the globe. Learn more and plan your visit at communitychristian.org. I think we'd all agree that life doesn't always turn out like we hoped or dreamed it would, does it? Um, Here's a quick example. You know, lately my wife, Lisa, has become incredible at making delicious homemade pizza. But it hasn't always quite been that way. Uh, A while back, she came up with a great new pizza recipe that includes sun-dried tomatoes, which sounds pretty good even right now, doesn't it? So on this particular night, we were more than excited about eating some delicious homemade pizza. And it would have been great except for one misstep. Uh, Lisa used sun-dried tomatoes in oil rather than plain old sun-dried tomatoes. Now, I would have not known, but apparently there's a big difference because just a few minutes after putting the pizza in the oven at 500 degrees, the oil caught on fire, filling the oven with flames and our apartment with smoke. Now, I was upstairs at the time. My son was home from school with my wife in the kitchen. And while she was calling the fire department, he grabs the fire extinguisher and begins to put out the fire. I walked downstairs to find our apartment overtaken by smoke. And in a matter of minutes, we had a fire truck out front, lights glaring, sirens blaring, neighbors watching from the curb, and a half a dozen firefighters taking over our kitchen. (laughs) So you might say what we hoped for was a delicious pizza for dinner. What we ended up with was a kitchen full of firefighters and carryout from Pacino's. But life is like that, isn't it? Uh, There's what you hope for, and then there's what actually happens. Uh, there's the dream, and then there's the reality. And it may never be more true than at Christmas. I mean, we hope that our Christmas tree will look like this. But too often it looks more like this. Uh, we have dreams of an incredible Christmas dinner with all the fixings. But sometimes that looks more like takeout from your favorite fast food restaurant. And in your head, you have visions of giving or receiving the perfect gift, right? But instead, the gift exchange often ends up with someone politely asking, "Uh, do you happen to have the receipt for this? Reality has a way of bringing us face-to-face with life's limitations. We all have a dream, a version of who we want to be and, and what we want to accomplish or experience. And most of us give our very best effort to become every bit of that person we hope to become. During the pandemic, I I bought a Peloton bike. And once again, I had this crazy idea that simply purchasing a piece of exercise equipment would craft me into the physical specimen I'd always hoped to become. And as you can see, I'm still not living that dream. Uh, Maxwell Maltz, who wrote Psycho-Cybernetics, estimates that 95% of people have a strong sense of inadequacy, 95%, which isn't terribly surprising. But what I want to know is who are the 5% who don't feel inadequate? And if that's you, I got to say, maybe if you wouldn't feel so adequate, the rest of us wouldn't feel so inadequate. But you know, whether it be your work, your relationships, your body, your finances, or even Christmas, so often what we dream versus what we experience It does. It leaves us feeling inadequate. But what if? What if the places where we feel these limitations or inadequacies are the very places where God wants to do his best work? 
Uh, during this season of Advent, we've been looking at the lives of the people who experienced that first Advent season. When we read about them as told by the doctor and historian Luke, we discover how God was at work in their lives. And as we dig deeper into their stories, I, I think we'll find that, that God wants to be at work in our lives just like he was at work in theirs. And in this series, we've been partnering with artist and author Betty Dickinson, whose paintings and reflections are, are helping us enter into the Advent story. So here's Betty to introduce us to the next character in the story of Advent, a character who certainly felt her limitations. Mary was a young virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. She was ordinary. In fact, most would call her lowly, from the underbelly of society at the time. She had no rights as an unmarried woman, no particularly noteworthy social status or family line, and came from a backroads town with a bad reputation, Nazareth. Yet the angel Gabriel appears to her and says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary, of course, was a little caught off guard by this, but the angel promises that she will conceive and give birth to Jesus. He makes this incredible proclamation that he will be the son of the Most High and that he will reign on the throne of David. She was going to give birth to the Messiah, the coming king they had been waiting for who would rule a kingdom that would never end. In Mary's shock, she asks, how can this be? Here we find Mary in the middle of this paradox. It is the most natural thing for her to conceive a child, and yet this is the most supernatural thing she could possibly imagine. She was built for this, and yet she is totally unprepared. Her response is quite practical. How will this be since I'm a virgin? Mary looks at her own limitations and asks God, how? How could you do the impossible? Mary feels her limits. If you're like me, when I experience my limits, I tend to bust out of them. I try to be all-knowing, all-powerful, and present everywhere. You should see me try to do Zoom meetings on the treadmill desk while eating lunch. I see my limitations as something to be overcome. But what if our limits are not an obstacle, but an invitation? What if our limits are the very place where heaven touches earth? God was asking Mary, a teenage girl, to give birth to the Son of God, uh, the Messiah, the one God's people had been hoping for and waiting on for centuries. Talk about feeling inadequate. I mean, who would ever feel up to that task? And while Mary's mission seems monumental, I, I think we all have experienced similar feelings when we believed that God was asking us to do something we felt less than adequate to do. You know, a few years back, uh, Lisa and I, we were experiencing really tough challenges with the people who own the building where we live in the city. I mean, we loved living there and, and the circumstances that, that led us to that particular neighborhood and that particular apartment really were nothing short of miraculous. And so it was really puzzling when we found ourselves in a situation where we thought we might have to move and look for a new place to live. Uh, basically, the, the problem was that the owners of the building lived below us. And it was me and my wife and our two kids who were in junior high at the time. And I mean, anything we did seemed to create unbearable noise for them. Walking across the floor, watching TV at night, even running the dishwasher after a certain hour was more noise than they could handle. And let me tell you, they let us know. 
Uh, did I mention that both kids were taking piano lessons? <laughs> so, so maybe some of their concerns were valid. But you know, it got to the point where we thought we were going to have to move. I mean, tensions were really high. Living there was getting super awkward. So Lisa and I, we started praying and talking about this and asking God to just give us some wisdom and guidance. And we both felt convinced that we needed to ask them to sit down maybe over a cup of coffee and just try to talk this out. But there was just one problem with this plan. I'm not great at conflict. I did not want to have this conversation. I mean, I was really feeling my limitations in a very real way. And I was thinking, how, how will this ever work? And when Mary, our mother-to-be, was feeling inadequate about the task in front of her, she asked, how will this be? When we're faced with our limitations, we ask those kinds of questions, don't we? We ask questions like, well, how will I possibly get this done? What if I don't have what it takes? Where will I find the time? When will I know I am ready? Or what if I'm just not you know, smart enough, strong enough, good enough? Yet, could it be that the very places where we feel inadequate and oh so limited are the very places where God wants to be oh so present? God shows up in the middle of Mary's ordinary life and asks her to make room for his presence. And Mary responds by saying, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. When Mary spoke those words, she accepted an invitation from God to participate in his redemptive plan for all humanity. Mary made room for God in the midst of her ordinary, limited life. And as a result, she experienced God's presence in an incredibly powerful way. Uh, There are several ways Mary experienced God's presence. uh, Notice the angel Gabriel's words when he comes to Mary. He says, greetings favored one, the Lord is with you. Mary experienced God's presence through God's favor. I mean, no one would have expected God to use Mary. She brought no outstanding credentials. Nothing on her resume was worth noting. Her life seemed to be full of limitations, yet she is called favored one when the angel reassures her that God will be with her every step of the way. Well, for Mary, this journey with God was also a journey with purpose. The angel tells Mary, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will name him Jesus. Mary was going to have a child, but not just any child. He would be the son of God himself, a king whose kingdom would never end, whose life, death, and resurrection would bring light to the darkness and eternal hope to the hopeless. Yes, Mary experienced God's presence through his favor, but also through his purpose. God has this huge plan to change the world, but the way he invites Mary to participate in his plan is so different than what we might expect. Betty Dickinson writes, he doesn't ask her to do miracles. He doesn't ask her to get a theology degree. He doesn't expect her to be strong or smart or famous or able to multitask well. He doesn't ask her to be superwoman and save the world. He has plans to do that himself. God invites Mary into partnership by asking to dwell within the confines of who she already is. He says to Mary what he's saying to us. You just be who I created you to be. Nothing more, nothing less. 
By simply being herself and following the Spirit, Mary plays a leading role in God's plan to redeem the world. And when Mary wonders how she could possibly be used for such a a grand purpose, she asks, how can this be? And the angel responds to her limitations with a beautiful promise. The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You see, a third way Mary experienced God's presence is through God's Spirit. Now, this is fascinating. It's interesting that in the same way the Spirit hovered over the waters and gave birth to the first creation in Genesis, this time the Spirit hovers over Mary in order to give birth to a new creation in Jesus. Mary experiences the presence of the Holy Spirit as she participates in his creative act. And yet there's one more way God's presence comes to Mary in the Christmas story. Uh, The angel goes on to tell Mary that she's not the only one who will have a child. Now, the angel says, and now your relative Elizabeth also conceived a son. Uh, Mary's about to begin this, this journey of a lifetime, and she won't have to experience it alone by herself. And so Mary also experienced God's presence through God's people. We're going to talk more about this next week, but Scripture tells us that quickly Mary hurried to be with Elizabeth, who is also expecting a child. Elizabeth welcomed her, accepted her, and believed her story. Mary experienced God's presence through God's people. What a relief that had to be for her. When the angel came to Mary, she felt completely inadequate. She could have easily used her limitations as an excuse to refuse the opportunity. And who would have even known? Maybe Mary wasn't the first to be asked. Whatever the case may be, she was the one who made room for God's presence. And I want to suggest to you that God wants you to experience his presence in your ordinary and limited life today. Now, I didn't tell you the rest of my apartment story. But as I said, after praying about it, Lisa and I, we both felt like God wanted us to do everything we could to make peace with our neighbors, our our landlord. We felt like we were supposed to follow the Apostle Paul's advice when he said, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So we asked them to meet us for coffee at the nearest Starbucks. Now, remember, we were at an impasse. It was terribly uncomfortable. I was not hopeful. I didn't want to be there. It was so awkward. I mean, the walk to Starbucks was only about a block, but it felt like a mile and a half. We sat down, waited through the tension, talked through some reasonable solutions. And well, 10 years later, we still live in that same apartment. We actually ended up having a pretty good relationship with them. I have no doubt that God showed up in the midst of my limitations. And you know, it was such a great reminder to me that if I want to give God a chance to show his presence, I gotta show up. I gotta trust and follow the Spirit's leading even when I feel inadequate and then I'll be unable. So, where in your life do you feel the weight of your own limitations? Uh, Where do you need to listen to the Spirit's invitation in spite of how inadequate you may feel? Uh, Perhaps it's a relationship that's become distant and cold. I mean, you so want things to be better, but you're just not sure where to start or the right words to say. Maybe it's a stalled career. Uh, Big dreams once filled you with excitement, but now those dreams seem like a distant fantasy. You, You sense God wanting you to change direction, but you just can't imagine how that will work. 
It might be a sin pattern or an addiction that has held you back for far too long and you've tried to kick it, but time after time you come face to face with your inability to get over it on your own. It might be about Christmas. Maybe you have a crazy busy calendar, financial concerns, family that can't get along. I don't know what it is for you. I mean, it's only the first week of December and you just hope you can get through it. So what can we learn from Mary when faced with our own limitations? Mary chose to trust. She chose to trust. She wasn't passive. In fact, she was incredibly courageous. Against all odds and knowing her decision would have huge implications, she chose to follow the Spirit's leading. She knew her limits and she still relied on God to be present and to bring peace and purpose. Remember Mary's response? She simply said, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. So where in your life do you feel limited? Where do you feel inadequate? Not just simply not capable. Where do you sense God saying, follow me? But you're still asking, how will this be? Could it be that this Christmas, your limitations are the perfect place for God to give birth to his glory through you? Are you willing to echo the words of Mary? I am the Lord's servant. Are you? Are we as a a community willing to face our collective limitations and follow Jesus, knowing we have his favor, his purpose, his spirit, and each other? I'll tell you what, if you're willing to follow God's leading right now, I want you to respond to him the way Mary did and say these words after me, okay? I am the Lord's servant. Let's, let's try that again. If you're willing to trust him, repeat after me, I am the Lord's servant. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. God loves us so much that he came to be with us. He entered into the messiness of our humanity to redeem and restore. And he promises to be with us for the journey ahead. He asks only that we are willing to trust him, to say to him what Mary said to him, I am the Lord's servant. Let's pray. Father God, we ask you to give us the courage in spite of our limitations, in spite of our inadequacies to follow you, to say boldly, I am the Lord's servant. We pray this in your name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Our mission is to help you find your way back to God. And by listening today, you've already taken your first step. And we'd love to help you take your next steps in your relationship with God, the church, and the world. It's how we're all embracing the flourishing life that Jesus talks about, a life we call you plus. Visit communitychristian.org to take a next step, learn more, give generously, and plan your visit. We hope to see you on a Sunday soon.